You are listening to the End Around Post Game Podcast with Matt Tabeek and Will McFadden. Will, the Falcons just dropped a 27-24 game in Indianapolis. A lot of storylines here. Before we get to my main takeaway, what is your biggest takeaway from this loss? Matt, this is probably going to, uh, I don't know, maybe not sit well with a lot of Falcons fans, but I don't want to overreact to this loss because the team that I saw in the second half, I really like that team. So that's my general impression of the game. I, I, know, I know it's going to be frustrating for some Falcons fans to have another slow start on the road and all of that stuff, but that second half gave me a little bit of optimism, and that's probably not a popular opinion right now. But that's where I stand. What about you? For me, the big story is, you know what? I wrote my column on Matt Ryan's gritty performance. This was a drive away from being one of the most improbable comebacks in team history. Unfortunately, you don't always get those ops, those opportunities like Matt Ryan talked about. And they came up short. It was too little, too late. But what an incredible second half performance by Matt Ryan. Um, unfortunately, not a lot of people are going to really savor that. They're going to think about the 16 penalties. They're going to think about now this is 35 penalties through three games. That's a lot. And they're going to think about the, the slow start, just kind of like what was going on in the first half. Mm -hmm. And they're also going to think about Keanu Neal because it's hard not to think about Keanu Neal because he was the one thing this summer that made us all feel really, really good. And to see him on TV crying in the end zone was really, really tough to stomach. That's what I'm going to take away from this one, Will. Yeah, I mean, to talk a little bit about Keanu Neal, I, I mean, you and I both know him personally. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the locker room. He is just kind of the kindest and gentlest guy off the field. I mean, we all know how he loves to deliver the big blow on the field, but off the field he is so fun to talk to and you can just tell how much he was looking forward to being back that's what that's what really hurts I think about this injury in particular is who it happened to the way it happened and to see his reaction and to know how much he wanted this how much he wanted this season and you know we don't know anything definitive yet but I think his reaction said a lot yeah we don't know that so that's really important to point out but uh yeah, just real quick uh, on him as a human being, he is. He is one of the nicest guys. Um, if you're in the lunch line he and he's standing next to you, he always stops, gives you a fist bump. Hey, how are you? Actually listens to how you're doing and seems to really care. He's just a good human being. We hope the best. We're mm -hmm. hoping that. You know, it's not as bad as it looked for for yeah. darn sure. But uh, and and I'm a Georgia grad, so for me to say oh that I love Keanu Neal. Him being a former Florida Gator, you you know that I mean it. Yeah. So the Falcons fall to one and two. It's early. Um, you know, it's it was the Colts' home opener. Um, if you want to take positives away from it, there's a lot of different storylines. Here's here's one for you. In the opener, they fell behind, and you know it just the, the Falcons just couldn't get anything going. This game. They kept climbing back and climbing back. And, uh, you know, as hot as Jacoby Brissett was in the first half with 16 straight completions, Matt Ryan comes out absolutely on fire in the second half, 18 straight completions at one point. Mm -hmm. um, just a different team. And that was really, really good to see. Unfortunately, they take the L. They're one and two. Yep. Um, 
And part of the reason they lost today, Will, was because of the penalties. The penalties were just, I think at one point, I don't know what the final was, but at one point those penalties, seven of them, led to first downs for the Colts. Those are backbreakers. It, yeah, it, it was seven. And, I mean, if you look at the box score, and Dan Quinn said this after the game, it is a tale of two halves. I mean, the it's Falcons... It's so cliche, but it's true. It, it really is. It is. The Falcons, I hate that expression. The Falcons outscored the Colts in the second half 21-7. to seven. I mean, that that's insane. But the fact that they started so slow and still committed those penalties in the second half is really what held them back. Because when you have that slow start, your margin for error is gone. And so even though they played a nearly perfect second half offensively, there were just enough small mistakes on defense and, and those holding penalties and those pre-snap penalties on offense when they were trying to get that score to cut it back to a one-score game. It made them eat up too much of the clock, and, and they couldn't get it going. By the way, don't ever write that in any of your stories or suggest a headline. It was a tale of two halves. That's every sports editor across the nation, every sports editor that's ever lived cringes when they see that. Anyway, you're absolutely right, though. Um, I still cringe, though, when coaches say it, too. It was a tale of two halves. I just, it, you know. I'll let you tell Dan Quinn not to say that anymore. Let's hope he doesn't. Um it, you know what though? It was it was a rough it was rough going in the first half. Um, yeah, it was a twenty to three game. Mm-hmm. It was just nothing was going right. The, how, I, wait, I will say this: the one thing that was going right in the first half was Devontae Freeman, and wow, that was great to see. Yes, uh, Devontae Freeman ended up with eighty eight yards on sixteen carries, a five and a half yard average. He had a long run of twenty eight, but. Was that Man. the first? Was that his first carry? It was his first carry of the game, and then his second carry of the game was for four. That was so much fun to see. He's but, just such a fun player to watch. And it was right up the middle, and he had success running it up the middle. Uh, we thought that they would have success today running the ball against that defense, and they did. I just wish they ran it more. But I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback here. But it was really good to see Devontae Freeman going. Again, though, to, to kind of the same way that the Vikings game played out. When you're down 17 points. At one point, it doesn't allow you really to run the ball that much. And and the Devontae had uh, as many carries. If, well, it doesn't because time becomes a factor. You can't just keep handing the ball off. Even though it was effective, he did still have as many carries as Marlon Mack, though. So it's it's not like he got no touches. But I think the injury to Ito Smith also played a bit of a role. And then Kenyon Barner went out as well. So, I mean, they were down to literally Devontae. And as for as well as he played, I think the game just started to dictate that they had to throw the ball more and they had a lot of success when they did here's where i'll disagree with you on that um this team is a quick strike team this team can score yards or can score points and can pick up yards in a hurry um you've got to keep the defense honest and they can and so early on in the game even 20 20 to 3 i don't think you abandon the run forget about ito smith going out just in general I'm talking about running the football. Um, when you do get behind, you do you do throw the ball. But I'm talking about just in the first half, even though they were down, I still think that you just, you know, you don't give up on the run. I'm not saying that the Falcons did. I'm just refuting your point. I'm, trying, I'm disagreeing with you a little bit here. Well, but I just, I just, I think, I think you, because Freeman is another guy too today. 
we saw on the first play. I mean, he can pick up a lot of yards in a hurry. But He can, but I'm just saying that time became a factor in the second it's, half. Oh, it definitely did, and especially at the end. I mean, look, um, in, in the defense almost did come up with a stop. And, and he did, I would say this too, he did have to a number of carries the the that, were, that were canceled because of penalties. So his his number of sixteen is probably closer to nineteen or twenty. Yeah, and and a few of those got called back. Yeah, but to to to, to go to the second half and just the game how it, how it played out, you know, um, they Matt Ryan and hits Julio, they get the ten yard touchdown, um, and they just needed one more stop. It looked like they might get it. They didn't. Um, it was it was a really great play call by. By Frank Reich at the end of the game to do that bootleg pass instead of running it up the middle like everybody expected. And we we say it all the time, you know. Uh, you know, we said it last week after the Eagles game. These games are close. A lot of these games are close every week. There's there's a there's two or three that are, you know, lopsided. It seems like, but then the majority of the games in the NFL every single weekend are a possession. You know. Yeah, or, unless or you're the two. Miami Dolphins, but they're having a they're having a long year. Um, but uh, you know, it's here we are, and so they're one and two. And uh, before we talk about you know what this means and what's next, what was what was your one standout player of the game? Uh, who you know who do you think had the best performance and 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 on the flip side, worst performance? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Matt Ryan's play in the second half particularly was just off the charts. I mm-hmm. mean, he he played as well as I've ever seen him play, and that's including the 2016 season. Um, but because that's a little bit of an obvious one, I'm going to say Austin Hooper. I, I really think what, what the Falcons need offensively to really, really set them over the top this year is that reliable red zone presence. And the fact that Austin Hooper came away with two touchdowns in the red zone today is awesome. If he can continue to develop into that player, because it's what Tony Gonzalez did for this team for so long. I mean, he was automatic in the red zone. When he got down and they were inside the five-yard line, you could just throw a quick curl to him and he could box out a defender and make that catch. To see Austin Hooper do that today was really, really encouraging. So he's my positive player of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, negatively, I, I think I really liked the game that Isaiah Oliver was having until he got burned on that long pass that really, really hurt this comeback effort. I mean, for him to be caught flat-footed looking into the backfield instead of covering his man, that was just a tough moment to see. Yeah, that was tough. Um, you know, I think Matt Ryan's day, um, you know, this 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 could have been one of those games as ugly. Some games are ugly, and this, you know, but, but – Sometimes the ugly ones turn into real pretty ones when you get the W. But uh, Matt potentially is is you know potentially could have had one of those games where you you, you talk about for years. Um, but I, I'm going to go with you too because just because I think Austin Hooper, um, if he can develop, you know, every single year he's been here, he's gotten better. We've talked about his development, and he's so young. Um, if they can continue to make – if he can com, com, become a threat in the red zone especially, that's going to be big for this team. Um, but as far as, like, downside, it's that's a tough one, Will. I, 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 just, I just feel like the offensive line did a good job protecting Matt today, but the offensive line had a rough day with 
penalties. Too many penalties. I don't want to single anybody out, but there were just a number of instances today. And then I think the defense, too, got caught a couple times. You know, the neutral zone infractions, those were big. Uh, Vic got caught on one, and Jack got caught on one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, did Tack get caught on one? I don't know. But, you know, I, I, can, I don't have one person that just, uh, you know, I can single out. Um, but I, I'm with you on Hooper. I thought Julio Jones was typical Julio Jones today. Yes. Making just he's he snatched some incredible passes. They went up high. The touchdown catch was impressive. Mohamed Sanu had a had a, had a couple of really it was nice good to see Sanu. Well. It was good to see Sanu get involved in the offense. It seemed like you know before he had his first catch, I was like, oh yeah, Mohamed Sanu. It's good to see him. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those games. And uh, defensively, oof. Isaiah Oliver at times he had nice pass breakup. He but did. Then, I thought he had a really good game. I mean, he just uh, that one play just really stands out to me. Yeah. Um, Is there what? What would you say was kind of the turning point of this game for you? Was it the beginning where the Falcons just got got caught on a really slow start and that just made it too hard for them to come back, or was there something in the second half well, that you think I'm gonna, swung this game? I'm going to answer that in a weird way. The turning point for me is the second half. This was a completely different game. Um, I was sitting here thinking that, okay, this is not going well in any area whatsoever. And then the Falcons made this an incredible game. Um, that was the turning point because it came down. It turned into literally who had the ball last, and you didn't think that was going to happen at all in the first, you know, 30 minutes of play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just it came down to whether or not they could pull off a stop, and they it was close, but they didn't, and it was you know a great play call, and yeah, and that's the NFL, and that's the NFL. So it, you know, we can overreact to it. It's there, you know, the first game, you know, there was a lot of things where you kind of say, all right, yeah, there's breakdowns, of turnovers, the turnovers are hard to overcome, and you know, Vikings had just came out with tons of fire and intensity, and then you had the street fight in game in week two. And it was a physical game. In fact, I told you, uh, one of the things I was really, really concerned about coming into this game was the fact that this game was, the Eagles game was a Sunday night game. It was a, a slugfest. The Eagles, you know, they're still recovering it from, was a, from it the was game. It was a heavyweight fight. Yeah. It was, it was a, a big, brutal, physical fight. And Jack Crawford, even days later, said, you, they talk about battles in the trenches. That's he. He said the Eagles are for real, right? And he just said it was brutal. I was worried about an emotional letdown, possibly, you know. But that's what that's where coaching comes in. That's where Dan Quinn and his staff does a really good job, and and just physically, that's tough uh, to when you have an emotional game like that. That's really physical. Yeah. So I thought coming on the road into a team's home opener in front of the home crowd. It was going to be tough, and and it was slow going early on. And they came out, and they came out in the second half, and they're like, "Boom!" I yeah. think the first two weeks of the season kind of prepped them to have the right mindset in the second half to come out and and start throwing some punches. And they threw a lot of haymakers in the second half. And I thought that they were, gonna, I actually thought that they were going to pull this thing out. Um, they didn't. Okay, so yeah, so the second half, and to to your point, you mentioned Dan Quinn and the coaching staff, and I saw a lot of. On Twitter, a lot of people really kind of 
being worried about about the coaching staff and things like that, but I think it's the exact opposite. I think the fact that they came out in the second half, that they made the adjustments and were completely whooping up on the Colts in the second half, that is coaching. They went in, they knew what was wrong, they fixed it. They came out and they were firing on all cylinders in the second half. And that's why opening the show, I said, that gives me confidence moving forward. I know that this is a loss, but we just saw the capability of this 2019 Falcons team, and it is damn good. So I think the coaching staff did a great job in the second half to make adjustments. Um, my turning point came in the fourth quarter. It was that second-to-last Colts drive. The Falcons had opportunities to get off the field. They had a second and 15. On the next snap, they get a, an, enc an encroachment penalty that moves them back up, makes it a second and 10. Jacoby Brissett picks up that third down by one yard. If, if that doesn't happen, they get off the field. They're, again, in a third and 10. They get called for a holding penalty after an incomplete pass. That sustains the drive. That drive ends in a four-yard touchdown run by Marlon Mack. All of a sudden, it's two-score game again. If the Falcons' defense can get off of the field there, Atlanta gets the ball back. They're red hot on offense. They have a chance to take the lead on the next possession. So for as well as they played in the second half, and I think they played beautifully, that one drive right there was really key. And when you start slowly as they did, that is literally all of the margin for error that you have. Yeah. Uh, the Colts did a really good job of spreading out the, uh, you know, the, the passes to the receivers. T.Y. Hilton didn't play in the second half, which is very notable. Um, Marlon Mack is as good as I thought he, he was, was going to be in this game. Um, their offensive line is pretty darn good with Quentin Nelson. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I I thought it was going to be a tough game, and, and it was. Um, that all said, um, you know we were talking about players. I, I before we talk about what's next for this team and and just kind of size up the uh, Tennessee Titans and then call this a you know wrap this thing up. Um, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the day that uh, Deion Jones had. Um, he he was flying around down there. In fact. Um, I had made a, you know, I was sitting there going, wow, to myself watching this game. And I, you know, I think I, you even said something out loud at one point too, right? Uh, watching him, just what, a, just how intense it's he just, was. He's so much fun to watch. He, he's so fast. He was flying to the ball. Mm -hmm. He had nine tackles, seven solo. Really, really good, strong day. Um, I thought Ricardo Allen also played really well. He, except he was except for the some, one penalty. It yeah, was tough. He was bringing some juice, though. And that, that's I, what I thought he might get see. ejected on that helmet to helmet. That was tough. And he, you know, who knows if he gets fined for that? But that was a tough. Those bang bang plays are just so tough, you know. Uh, but it, it was, it was, it was helmet to helmet, and it was easy to see why they they called it. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so they're home. They got the Titans. Mm -hmm. uh, who? Wow, they didn't look very good against Jacksonville the other night. They're one and two. Mm -hmm. I can't figure them out. I got to watch them this week. I have not watched like any of their um, any film like on the All Twenty Two or anything like that yet. Um, just I've only seen bits and pieces on TV. Um, they caught my attention big time in Week One when they went into Cleveland and just whipped the oh. Browns. Mm -hmm. uh, but since then, they're kind of like the team I thought they might be, but. I don't know what to make of them. So what's your take on Tennessee? I, I think that's going to be a, another physical game. I mean, Tennessee with Derrick Henry, they love to pound the ball on the inside, and they've, they've got the offensive line to be able to do it. Um, so 
as we look at, at that game, and they actually, if fans want to kind of see what to expect, they played the Colts in, in week two. It was a close game. They ended up losing to the Colts. But it's going to be another good uh, matchup for this team. But, again, based on what I saw in the second half, I think I think they found something to build upon. And what they need to do now is take that energy, take that focus, because they came out with a massive chip on their shoulder in that second half. I'd love to see them carry that chip all throughout practice, all throughout the week, come in focused at home against a team that you are capable of beating and come out and don't get off to a slow start. Come out and put up 21 points in the fourth quarter in the first quarter like we know that they're capable of doing. And so it's a matchup that, frankly, we don't see the Titans a lot. This is a cross-conference matchup. And so there's going to be a little bit of figuring it out, I think. But that doesn't matter. The Falcons need to focus on playing to their capability. And we saw what their capability was in the second half of this game against a good Colts team. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a running back. Or I'm sorry. Well, Derrick Henry is a different kind of running back. Yes. But we're also going to see he's a big guy um, who's gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, Can take it to the house, too. He had a 75-yard touchdown run. Uh, I, maybe it was in that Colts game, but he can he can take it to the house. He had a 99-yard run last year. He, he did. He certainly can. Um, and then the thing that is going to be really interesting um, this year is – or this week, sorry. I'm, I'm If I sound like I'm – not focused is because I'm sitting here trying to dig up a stat and I can't find it and I'm frustrated, but Marcus Mariota is a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to face a number of mobile quarterbacks this year. And I think, you know, cousins, you know, he can, he can get around a little bit. He didn't, but he was, he was He's never no really Marcus a threat. Mariota. He's no Mariota, but he was never really a threat because of the way that game played out. Um, Carson Wentz is just a big guy. He's been running less, but he's, He's a different kind of quarterback. He's like Ben Roethlisberger-esque, mm-hmm. except younger. Yeah. Um, Marcus Mariota reminds Jacoby me a Brice- little bit of like Alex Smith. Really mobile. Not yeah, the I fastest think he's even, guy, but fluid. Yeah, I think he's even more mobile than Alex. Um, but you just – he's – you know, he had a, he played okay the other night. Um, but I think he's going to pre- present a challenge for this defense, especially with the running back. So that to me is is something that stands out. Um, but more importantly, they're one and two, and after that they travel to they have back to back road games at Houston, at Arizona. Um, you know, we've said a number of times, you know, they could go four and four, mm-hmm. they could go five and three, right? Um, they could go six and two. But once they hit the bye week, you know, yeah. everything is on the table for this team. Mm-hmm. All of their division games. So, really, and in, in, in if they don't play a strong second half of the season, if they go 6-2, and two, that's kind of, I hate to say it, but it's kind of all for naught unless they take advantage of the second right. half. Like, on the flip side of that, if they don't have the start that they want, or like right now, they've they've had 35 penalties through three games. They have got to tighten that up. Right. If they can tighten and right the ship up there, yeah. Um, you know, and go into the bye week with a nice record. You know, it's everything is in front of them still. So to the point to the point that you just look, made, this is the time to have 
these fixable issues. You don't want to be having these 35 penalties, seven turnovers in a three-game stretch when you're playing New Orleans, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. No, you need to be playing your best football right. in November, December. That's that's No one is going to dispute that at all. And even as, as, as rough as last year was, um, you know, they got to the midpoint last year, and they were still, you know, mm-hmm. everything was sized up to, to, to have a decent second half. And, uh, and Dan Quinn teams, you know, generally do well in the second half mm-hmm. and generally do well in the second half of ball games too. Uh, just today just didn't, just wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, that's really it for me. I mean, they just, it was too little too late. It was, it was some unbelievable performances that just, it wasn't enough. And Matt Ryan said it, you know, you've got to, um, he, his exact quote was, you know, today on limited possessions, we had two good opportunities to come away with points and didn't come away on either of those possessions. I was proud of the way the guys fought in the second half, but in this league, it's about every snap, and we've got to find a way to be better every snap. And that's really, it came down to <laughs> a snap and a possession. Yep, exactly. I mean, I think, again, the, call me a homer or whatever, but... Homer. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but... <laughs> the team that we saw in the second half is is capable of really making a run. The the talent is still there. They can do it. It's it's about the Falcons. It's not really about who they're playing because if the Falcons play to the level that they're capable of, they're a really tough team to beat. Yeah. Uh so we, you know, look, they gotta clean up the penalties. We we got our fingers crossed with on the injury front. Um they can they can control the penalties. Um this team is let's let's not forget. This team is loaded with playmakers on offense. The Caleb McGarry is getting better each week. Um, he's because he's gaining experience, and you know eventually they'll get Chris Lindstrom back. And offensively, you know, there's a lot to feel good about this team. Matt Matt Ryan's performance today reminded you of how special a quarterback he is. Defensively, I'll tell you what. Not just Deion Jones, but Allen Bailey showed up at times today. Mm-hmm. There were some guys, though. I mean, this team is talented. This team, if you're a Falcons fan right now, yeah, you're mad because they lost. But look at this team has a ton of playmakers. It has a great roster. There's there's depth. There's a lot to feel good about. It's early in the season, and uh, you know what? Hey, still got let's, 13 to go. You know, let's get back to it next week. All right. Well, uh, any last thoughts on your end? Nah, I'm ready to put it behind us, and uh, we're on to Tennessee. All right, man, great job. And uh, if if you have not been to AtlantaFalcons.com yet, go check out our stories. Um, Will wrote about uh, the penalties. Uh, my column was about the, the quarterback duel and just Matt Ryan's special day and just how he and jo- Jacoby Brissett just kind of duked it out. And then uh, Kelsey Conway also uh, wrote a story, uh, you know, just a reaction from the players. And uh, there's a really, really strong quote in there from uh, Julio Jones. Uh, and those Oof. players aren't, aren't happy. Don't want to miss that. Don't, those players are not happy, and you would not expect them to be happy. But uh, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. And, uh, Will, let's do it again next Sunday. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks. Thanks.